0: Well, thanks for staying with us here on Real Presence Live. Before we get into our next segment, I want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com. For even more great content, there you can find programming from your local area, find a podcast if you missed one of the daily shows, submit a prayer intention, or nominate your favorite priest for donuts. There you go. Uh, be sure to check it out, realpresenceradio.com. And
1: and you know, Brad, I want to just tail on that because it is so easy the website is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and the Real Presence Radio app that you can put on your smartphone is so fantastic, yep. too. I mean, I'll listen, listen to podcasts yep. or actual programming live. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just out in the garden, out in the yard. Absolutely. It's
0: wonderful. Absolutely. All right, well, we have the inimitable... What, is, what word is that? <laughs> say that five times fast. I don't think I can say it once, honestly. <laughs> the, the inimitable... That's the word. That actually, that's I think it. that's actually a word—the uh, yeah. the one that you cannot imitate, Father Charles Lacroix. Right. Nor can you <laughs> even say nor
1: it. Nor would you want to. <laughs> we are just so blessed to have you, Father yeah. Charles. Yeah. And I mean Praise that. Lord. Yeah. I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. We just we miss you around here, yeah. and it's just so great to hear your voice.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's great to be back here on Real Presence Radio. Wow, it's an honor. It's a blessing.
0: Well, you know, Father, we know this is your first time on the radio, so could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: <laughs> well, now, don't make me sing. I, I, I might break out in a song. I'll, I'll sing a little verse here. Well, that we could we can use a little, little rap. Okay. I'm just a city boy, born and raised in South Detroit. <laughs> so there it is. Yeah, I love it. I, was I love it. I was actually, I think they got the song, uh, they copied the song off of us, but I was yeah. actually born in South Detroit, actually, Southwest Detroit, if you want to be specific, I don't think there is literally a South Detroit, because if you if there was, you'd be in the Detroit River, and that's a oh. place you don't want to be, yeah. trust me on that one, but um, Southwest Detroit, yeah, born and raised in the Motor City, and just, uh, it's still home, I still get back there once a year, mm. and in the summertime when the living's easy, and so, it's great, and you know, a lot of people ask, Well, how did I get to uh, Fargo? Yeah, I, I said, Well, when I got to Toledo, I made a wrong turn. I the <laughs> West. So, but uh, no, it was actually Bishop James Sullivan at the time. He was from Michigan himself. I knew of him, never actually met him, hmm. but knew him to be a very prayerful man, very, very faithful man. So, when I felt that the Lord was calling me to the priesthood, you're kind of a free agent. You can investigate any diocese in the world, actually. And I thought, wow, you know, he's a good guy. He's from Michigan. Let me write him a letter and see what he thinks. And so uh, one thing led to another, and off to seminary I went, and uh, now praise the Lord here in the Diocese of Fargo until death do us part.
1: Awesome. And it's just, you've blessed us in so many ways. I know even my own personal family and uh, your days at shanley's so thank you for your priesthood and and all that you do um you Amen. know i know i know we're all striving to be saints and i know in our house we <laughs> think you already are so <laughs>
2: we thank you for well, joining us to talk about gotta, saints Normally, you have to be deceased for five years, so don't start anything yet.
0: <laughs> Apparently Jean's got something in mind. I don't know. Yeah, I know
2: what's going on
0: here? Well, well, you know, there are— It's probably best that you're joining us by, by phone.
1: <laughs> okay, well, I didn't mean to quite go there, but let let, let, us, let us talk about who is your favorite St. Father—
2: Oh, I have to say St. Maximilian Mm. Kolbe. And the reason is because, you know, no greater love is this than to lay down your life for your friends. And obviously many know the story that he was in a Nazi concentration camp, and one of the dictates of the camp was if somebody tried to escape, successful or not, then they would round up ten prisoners and execute them. And so, sure enough, somebody tried to escape, and they rounded up ten prisoners. He was not one of them originally, but then he thought, well, here's a guy with a family, wife and kids, I'll take his place. So he voluntarily, and this, you know, he didn't know that they were going to accept this offer, but he got out of ranks, walked up to the commandant and said, you know, I will take this guy's place. And uh, shocked, uh, many were shocked that he had actually made it up to the commandant, because mm-hmm. if you get out of ranks, he usually shot right on the spot, but he made it up there. And the commandant uh actually accepted his offer and exchanged the two. And, and so, just obviously heroic virtue, but mm-hmm. also, you know, the dying process, usually it's a very horrific ordeal for the prisoners there, but he had them in such a, uh, a great state of grace there that, you know, they were singing and, and uh, praising God, and so he led them, he led many people to Christ, and he still continues to do it through his intercession.
0: You know, I think that's especially powerful, uh, Father, in, in the humility that he's displayed in, I can only presume that uh, St. Maximilian Colby as he's in the prison camp, he's encouraging other prisoners, he's teaching them about Jesus, and, you know, trying to keep hope alive for them. Yeah, because,
2: you know, our human nature, our fallen human nature, is prone to despair, but he, those who are around him, were lifted up and were given another perspective, and Ultimately, it's God's perspective, you right. know, that this is life, this is a good life, it's, but it's temporary, and this is not our lasting home, our citizenship is in heaven, and so he was able to allow people to elevate their their gaze, you know, to elevate their look, their their focus, and keep their focus on heaven and not on earth.
0: Right, and I, I would imagine, I mean, I could see the temptation where it's like, these people need me here, you know, yeah. you've got the, the ten people here that are lined up, I haven't been picked. These people need me because no one else is probably bringing them hope. And yet right. uh, he realizes with this profound humility, like, God doesn't need me to right, do his right. work. Right. Right. And so yeah. he's willing to offer himself um, right. and, and to forego that uh, presumed ministry of hope that he was offering. To, I mean, that's just what I envision. I yeah. but,
1: but think of how that actually elevated, right. you know, their whole understanding of right. that hope and of that confidence of what God has waiting for us on the mm-hmm. other side. When he and did And I this. think what
2: he also witnessed to is the fact that we are a family and that death does not break the family bonds mm-hmm. that we forge mm-hmm. here in this life, you know. Right. That's what we say in the funeral liturgy that you know, the good works, the bonds of love, the bonds of charity that we forged and developed in this life are not broken by death because death cannot break True love, true yeah, charity. So, yeah, yeah he had uh, this otherworldly vision, and like you said, Janine, you know, his example. Even though he was put to death, his example lived on in that camp mm-hmm. and gave them all hope because they all saw this act of virtue, which is, you know, incredible. And so that lived with them, I'm sure, you know, and inspired others, and mm-hmm. then they could inspire others too. The, the prisoners that remained that were left behind. They could tell other prisoners about this, yeah. and right. so it just like a fire that continued to blaze after his death.
1: Right, very similar to the early Christians and the early martyrs of the church. Uh, that right. um, you know what they witnessed to, and and he followed suit in in the mid forties.
2: Right, and you and, know, I, and I don't want to get all political and stuff, but you know there are many people throughout the world facing martyrdom today. Many Christians, maybe ca- many Catholics facing. Martyrdom today, in fact, uh, you know, the last 100 years, the 20th century was the most, uh, the most martyrs were, you know, giving their lives for Christ in this last 100 years than all the other 19th centuries combined of Christianity. So, yeah, I mean, we need to have that witness today, you know, because, hey, uh, here in this country we have freedom of religion, but who knows, you know, so we just got to have the... Uh, the image, the witness of the martyrs, of the great saints always with us so that they can encourage us. They, you know, we're a family. They're big brothers and sisters in the faith. They are close to God, and they can help us through not only their example, but also now through their intercession. So we need them. We need this great cloud of witnesses, as we read about in Hebrews. We need them uh, to help us, and that's the way God designed it. God designed this whole universe mind that you know there's and I there's three states of the church you know there's a church in heaven the church in purgatory and the church on earth and we're still a family and we have to help each other and that never ends until we're all safely home in heaven
1: right right and and that church in heaven that's our communion of saints that's yep. our that's when you're in heaven you're a saint whether you're recognized by the Vatican right, or not exactly.
0: right yeah. yeah, Father. I, I, you know, I've worked with. I've mentioned many times on the radio before that I've worked with RCIA for nearly the last two decades, and um, the, the the issue of the saints can be a sticking point for some non Catholics, and and there can be this notion of like, you know, why are we not turning our gaze toward God? Why are we turning our attention towards some limited, finite, you know, fallible being um, that you know no doubt did sin during the course of their lives? Um, doesn't this detract from God? And I think. That aspect of the family that you mentioned seems a bit of a key to that that quandary.
2: absolutely. Uh, first of all, you're right. The family, this is the way God designed it. He's pleased when we ask each other to pray for us. He you know what what honors one member honors all, what makes one member suffer, all suffer. So we're all in this together, so to speak. And so this aspect of family is part and parcel of the way god created the universe and it's no mistake because god is a family He's not a singularity mm-hmm. it's father son and holy spirit from all eternity that divine family loving each other from all eternity and so he created the universe in his image and likeness so that naturally means that we are all a family and what one does affects the other for good or for ill so another reason is that you know no artist is put off when you admire his work you know and mm-hmm. so When we acknowledge and honor the saints, we're giving great glory, great adoration to God, and we acknowledge Him as the reason why these people, these mortal beings, were able to have heroic virtue. So God is highly honored, not only because of the family aspect, but also because of the fact that we're honoring Him whenever we honor the saints. We hear this in Mass, you know, in some of our preface to the Eucharistic prayer, we hear that... You know, when we honor the saints, we honor you, God. When we acknowledge what great things the saints did, we acknowledge what you did, God. Mm -hmm. You know, because none of the saints could do anything good without the help and grace of God. So there's that. And also, you know, it's not an either-or, it's a both-and. It's not like, I'm going to chagrin God because I'm going to ask the saint to pray for me. No, it's uh, you're acknowledging God and giving Him glory, honor, and praise and also you're acting upon the way he created the universe, the family aspect, so you're honoring him in that way. And you're also acknowledging that here's a great saint and we honor what he or she did, but we realize that they are saints because of the grace of God. So you can't but praise God and acknowledge his greatness when you honor a saint. So it's not an either or, it's a both and.
1: Right, right. And all of those saints, they honored God in every single way. They always were pointing towards God.
2: Yep. Always, uh, with their life. And, you know, obviously Our Lady was the best example of that. Her whole mission was to point everyone to Christ, to connect them with Christ, and to do whatever the Lord wanted her to do in the work of salvation. And that's what we have to realize. We're all in this work of salvation we want to be on jesus's team so to speak in saving the world Mm -hmm. he's going to save it he's the only one that can but he uses us to do it and so i think the sooner we not only clerics but also lay people as soon as we realize that's our mission in life to bring souls to christ then everything that we think everything that we say everything that we do will follow suit
0: Love it. Amen to that. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Father. We got to take a quick break, uh, but let's continue this a more on the other side of this uh, this break. We'll go into the, the process of how saints are made. So stay with us for real presence live right after this.
2: Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo from Lumen Vision in South Fargo near Saints Anne and Joachim Church. Lumen Vision is a full-service eye care facility that provides eye exams for both children and adults. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eco Eyewear, an environmentally friendly frame company that plants a tree for each frame sold. For more information about our mission and scheduling your appointment online, you can go to lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network.
1: Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota.
3: All Rose Management properties and our
1: maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is
0: 701-237-6840.
4: S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network.
3: The Mustard Sea Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now back to more inspirational and uplifting stories, and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Back
0: indeed we are with uh, Father Charles Lacroix on the other side of the line. Here we're talking about the saints, Father. Yeah. So um, you were sharing some uh, of your favorite saints and and the beauty, the value that we have of this this fraternity, this brotherhood, this. This family of God that we all are a part of through the the gift of our baptism. Um, There are, everyone in heaven is a saint, but there are those that the church has elevated to the altars, has raised to the altars, uh, through the process of canonization. I think that can be kind of a confusing uh, process. So, do you want to kind of enlighten us on how that all comes about?
2: Sure. Well, it's kind of a five-step process. Okay, so when somebody passes away, it's usually five years, although the Pope can dispense that if he wants to, but it's usually five years that before any talk of taking up the cause of this person to become a saint is undertaken. So, and that's because you want to, you know, because when somebody passes on, you you automatically kind of canonize them in your heart. But Mm -hmm. so when this five-year period allows things to kind of settle down and then you kind of maybe are able to be more objective about things. So, But after that five-year process, then it all starts on the diocesan level. If a bishop or somebody within the diocese thinks that this person has led a life of heroic virtue or the person might have also been martyred, then the cause is taken up. So an official cause with the diocese is taken up and usually one person heads that cause and then it's a very laborious task of a rigorous task of accumulating everything that the person wrote getting eyewitness what did they say what were they like you know were there any flaws in their character or in their spiritual life what heroic virtues did they display so it's a it's a deep process and once all the evidence is in so to speak then the bishop can make a determination whether he thinks this person has a good chance, a good opportunity for sainthood. So once it ends there and the bishop gives his stamp of approval, then it moves on to the congregation called the Congregation of the Causes of Saints, the office in Rome. And so they receive all the information, then they have to investigate on their end, all the evidence, if there are any loose ends that need to be tied up, any questions that need to be asked, anything that was missing, or if they have any further questions. So they go through it with a fine-tooth comb. Once they determine that this person was – and by the way, just as the person's cause up to this point is underway, that person is called venerable. hmm I'm, I'm sorry, servant of God. So that person servant. Is called servant of God because people recognize that person's heroic virtue, and so the cause is underway. Then if your cause is underway, then you're a servant of God. So that's once the bishop now,
0: approves of their cause and sends it on to the congregation for the causes of saints?
2: Correct. Okay. So then once the congregation has it, and they deem that this person is worthy of further investigation, they send it then to the Pope. And the Pope says yes or no to that, and then if he says yes, then they're called venerable. So they have the official title of venerable. Hmm. So, once a person's called venerable by the Pope, then there's still another step to the step before canonization. So, I call it the penultimate step. Hmm. But, yeah. So then you have to have a miracle attributed to your intercession after your death so somebody heard that you're now you know venerable they have something perhaps a, a terminal illness and they ask for your intercession and then you are cured and again the cure has to go through rigorous investigation that it's that no scientific reason can be given for this person to have been cured.
0: So, and, and they don't just bring in company men for that, right? I mean, they bring in right. people who yep. would be skeptics themselves, right?
2: Right. They can bring in uh, psychologists, doctors, psychiatrists, counselors, even if they're atheists, mm-hmm. you know. In fact, maybe better so. Obviously, you don't want an atheist. We want everybody mm-hmm. to be a believer. But, you know, they bring in people that may not have any faith, Mm -hmm. and bring them right in, and so they determine whether there's any scientific explanation, any logical explanation for why this person was cured. If there was not, if it has been deemed a miracle, then the congregation, obviously the Pope has the last say, can determine that this person is now being able to be be beatified, which is the step before canonization, and beatification allows if you're beatified. And by the way, we just had a beatification in Rome on October yeah. 10th yep. with uh, Blessed Now Carlo Acutis, and then we will have one coming up on October 31st, which is All Hallows Eve, a Halloween, and that would be Blessed Father McGivney, who mm. is the who originated the founder of the Knights of Columbus. So praise the Lord for that. Yeah, great uh, heroic priest. So. That's coming up on October 31st. But, yeah, when you're beatified, you're declared blessed, and you've had a miracle attributed to your intercession, and now you're able to have regional uh, liturgical veneration. So mm-hmm. that's good. And then and then finally, if another, a second miracle is attributed to your intercession, then you're able, uh, with the Pope's final approval, to be called saint, and that means you're canonized. It's canonization. And so now you have universal liturgical veneration throughout the entire church. So those are the steps. It's not easy, but praise the Lord, we have a lot of saints, and they're praying for us. And... There are there are friends, there are brothers and sisters, and we need their intercession.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I know just with my with Blessed Columba Marmion, it was 32 years mm-hmm. um, for that for the miracle in 1966 to uh, in 1998 when Blessed Columba Marmion was uh, deemed venerable. So it was a very long, extensive mm-hmm. process, and and we have. Uh, Books that document this whole process—it uh, would take you a year to read them. Oh, <laughs> you know, oh. it's it's quite extensive. And then to become blessed in two thousand, and and it's just so important for people to pray for the intercession of mm. saints. Uh, so so important. We need miracles. We need these saints yeah. Um, yeah. to be beatified and canonized. Mm. Uh, we need these holy men and women in heaven to yeah. be praying and for us. Yeah. Our faith.
2: Yep. Yeah, we need them praying for us. The upcoming elections, you know, that yep. babies will one day be protected in the womb. We need their prayers. We yep. need their witness. Yeah. That's Amen. right.
0: Well, Father, it's already come to the end of this interview. it has been like two seconds long.
2: But
1: yeah, we well, thank exactly. you so much for being with us yeah. today. God bless you thank both. you.
0: a yeah. great work. It's uh, it's a treat to have you on, Father. We are are deeply privileged. I'm honored. Well, yeah.
1: thank you, Father. Have a wonderful yes. day. God bless you, and
0: okay. have a happy All Saints Day to you. Amen. All right.
2: God bless you all. all right.
1: Bye bye, Father. Bye bye, Bye. And now, Eli, will you give us a preview of the tomorrow's man on the other wonderful? Side of the glass. Yeah, let's
2: have it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we had a good show today. A lot of interesting yes. segments yes. there, uh, and another good one coming up tomorrow morning, nine awesome. to eleven AM Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be coming to you from the Pastoral Center in Winona, Minnesota, with Father Jason Kern. He'll be visiting with Susie Anders, talking about what every Catholic should know. Then Bill and Nancy Banzuk will t- will tell you how teaching the f- Catholic faith can be fun. And Jenna Cooper of the Diocese of Wynonna and Rochester will tell you the interesting story of the priest who wasn't baptized. Oh yes. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Cool. Oh,
1: thank you so Thanks much, Eli. Eli.
0: Yeah, that, that story with the, the priest that weren't baptized yeah. is just so wild.
1: Was that in Michigan?
0: There were two of them. I know, Well, we better check with Father yeah. Charles. Yeah, no. oh, that's right. <laughs>
1: oh no just kidding yeah but what a great show yeah absolutely
0: it's gonna be a wonderful celebration the uh, all saints day on sunday uh it's actually something where i go down to um you know in our earlier story with uh dan and aubrey they had two children that were miscarried and uh, one of them was at at eight weeks and i actually had a daughter that was miscarried at eight weeks and she's buried down in southern minnesota so i go down and visit her grave every either all saints day or all souls day um and so i'll be heading down on on Sunday, down to Graceville, Minnesota, which is a great place to be. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's it's a wonderful reality that that we have this family, this vast family yeah. that spans over uh, the the whole. Span of human history,
1: right, right, yeah. It's uh, past, present, future, yep. and and it is so powerful to recognize the saints and mm-hmm. and ask them for their intercession, just like we would ask a friend to pray for mm-hmm. us. There are friends in heaven, and All Souls Day. How important it is that yeah. we pray for the souls of purgatory. Absolutely,
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been a blessing to be on the radio again to to discuss our faith to really kind of just soak in the riches of of. The love of God and, and His the, the way that he's infused uh, reality creation with his His presence and his power.
1: Yeah, truth, beauty, and goodness, hope, and, and every listener, please mm. understand his incredible mercy yeah. that yeah. we're
0: all needing. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it so was, was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and, and ever and shall be, be world, world without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. We'll see you next time.